The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. So excited to have a returning guest to the program today from Custom Dental Solutions, Corey Jamison Kill. Say hello to everyone. Hey, everybody. Hey, glad to have you here. You've got some Marquette swag going on in the background for people that are watching. Everyone knows that I'm an Orange fan, but we're going to get through this. We're going to learn to, to get a, a, <laughs> along with each other here for a little bit. So Corey, back on the program right. again. I know you've been working with Dennis for quite some time. Tell me what's kind of changed uh, since the last time you were on the program. What's going on in the world of dentistry? And what are we going to talk about today? Yeah. Thanks for having me again, Patrick. I really appreciate your time and, and your interest in just promoting uh, dentistry and just bringing alive the, the problems and the questions and concerns that we do have in dentistry today. So since I I was with you last, I believe the last time we talked a little bit about dental HR and, and um, some culture issues, and I think maybe just as a way of following up from that topic, is just some of the changes that we've seen you know, over the last year in particular with the culture and the climate of dental employment. So mm -hmm. a few things that I've really noticed is we are seeing people apply to our ads again. So that's really exciting as, as we're seeing people come back into the workforce and be excited about dentistry and really look to elevate their career to another level. So I've been really excited to do that, have that conversation with owners as we were so discouraged over the last couple of years with, with people not applying for jobs or just you know short-staffed. And so we're seeing that change. And that's one thing I'm really glad to see yeah, there's that. That's fantastic. I do remember when you're on the program last talking about having manuals and making sure you've got that in order and hiring and writing ads. We've talked about some awesome stuff. So I want to encourage our guests to go back and listen to those episodes. Check out your previous episodes. So what are the big challenges? What are what are the challenges that dentists are still facing that you're getting calls for that you're helping your clients with? What are they? Yeah, so I think one of the things that our owners are really looking to do now with their culture of employment is to level up, really bring on specialty types of roles within their practice. So granted, you know, everyone wants a hygienist or needs a dental assistant. And those are pretty straightforward roles. But now I think more of our doctors are planning and thinking a little bit more strategically. And so they're looking to implement maybe like a business manager or an mm. HR manager or something that has traditionally not been the case within most of most of private practice ownership, of course, we're talking here. And so that's been kind of fun to try to implement these creative new roles that doctors are seeing like, hey, I'm going to have this person, you know, now handle these certain aspects of my business. And that that's something that you know, we have been really seeing a lot of, especially within the HR space, is the dentist owners are recognizing the need, yes, for their manuals, yes, for their job terms and descriptions, but then also someone to keep that accountability there and to really manage reviews, make sure their wages are fair and equitable. And what can we creatively do to provide better benefits so people don't leave us 
to go work somewhere else because they can get medical insurance, for instance, or, or 401ks or things like many small businesses aren't able to offer. So we've just been noticing a trend in more creative benefits, such as offering disability insurance to their teams um, or life insurance. Some of these different uh, benefits that are a little less expensive, but also something that differentiates them from a different office that an employee can go and work in. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Tell me about this. You mentioned the HR person. You mentioned the business manager. Sure. Typically in a lot of practices, the office manager is wearing those hats and the, the, the owner, the owner of the practice is also wearing those hats too. How can you afford to separate out these specialty positions, these skilled positions? And they're really positions where people are making decisions too. How can you, how do you make that affordable? That's a really great question. So one of the best ways to make it affordable is to offer a hybrid position. Mm. So for an example, we have a couple of our practices now that have hygienists who have an interest in pursuing more business-related and HR-related interests within the practice. So we may create a role for them where they're still seeing clinical patients certain days of the week or certain times of the day, and then they are also doing a business or an HR role on the other aspects of the day. So this is something where, again, it's really creative. It's a little challenging to, to find that time when you're a clinical person and you're also you know, looking to do some business details as well. But it's really working well, particularly in that hygiene space, as we see so many hygienists in particular who are maybe... Oh, I don't want to always, you know, I, my body can't handle 30 week, hours a week of clinical or right. I have other interests and they have these really interesting ways and perspectives of business. So, you know, we've been training them and giving them the tools that they need to be successful HR managers, for instance, or business or treatment plan and planning managers. And that's really been working out really well. But then it also, from a salary standpoint, our owners aren't going out to find another body and spend more money on wages when it's really simple to have this hybrid role that obviously increases that employee's pay, but also gives them experience in, in a new role of the practice. And then our doctors aren't, doctors, doctor owners rather, are not spending a ton of money bringing in somebody from outside of dentistry at a wage that is not affordable or attainable to them. Yeah, I think one thing that um, really hurt dentistry 2020 a lot. And I think it's changing a little bit as a landscape uh, in this uh, economy changes for all employees and employers was the ability to work from home. That seemed to be something a lot of people wanted. And clearly it's not something that really dentist yes. or hygienist or assistants or can do. Is that something that could potentially be offered to these hybrid roles where if they're doing 30 hours of clinical work per week, they could do 10 hours of work from home per week. Is that a model that you think is smart, bad? What does that, what does that kind of look like and what's the trend there? Yeah, for sure. There is some elements of remote work within dentistry when it comes to insurance or these HR pieces where, you know, employees would be working on 
reviews or putting together terms for and job descriptions for team members. And some of that can be done remotely. Of course, we always advocate for an office laptop that's obviously HIPAA encrypted and all of that information would be appropriate. We don't want somebody sitting at home with their own personal computer accessing any of the office information. So there are some pieces of that. I think what works really well for the model of people desiring remote work or to work less in the office is to just be more efficient with the day-to-day and work on that three to four day a week model and try to keep the hours at the office about 30 to 32 hours, which is considered full-time. And so that seems to work too. And and just so that everybody can really enjoy that work-life balance and that healthy life aspect, I think those are the practices I'm seeing that are really thriving post-2020 is the owners that recognize their teams are tired. I think Mm -hmm. one thing that we don't talk enough about since the pandemic was the surge and the return to ridiculous patient care. You know, all these patients were not seen during the shutdown and then they came back with a vengeance and we were all so busy. And then we've not really seen that slow down. We haven't seen, you know, the offices thrived and they're seeing a million patients and everyone's going a hundred miles an hour. And our teams are saying, hey, Corey, we're really stressed. Like, we got to slow down. We got to change our, our model here. So we're not seeing patients every 30 minutes. We need to go back to 45 or 60 minutes or kind of slow it back down again. And so the, the offices, I think, that are thriving are truly those that really recognize that healthy life balance. And then we won't see team members, quote, leaving for remote work or attempting to do remote work, maybe with a a dental insurance company, for instance, or things like that. I do think when it comes to wages, we are not going to find remote work that will be as strong of a wage as clinical work. So, you know, hygienists, for instance, or assistants for that matter, when they're used to their clinical wage, they may desire to do something remotely more administrative, but it's not going to compete with a clinical wage. So I think when people start to realize that, they change their tune a little bit about wanting sure. to work from home or or something because it's just not going to pay as well as a clinical profession will. Yeah. So let's kind of, this is something kind of new. So I know you're not prepared for it. I'm not prepared for it, but I, I think it'll probably go over a little while. Tell me about a big win that you've seen a client have lately. Like what was a challenge that you saw them having and and just a, a big win, kind of walk me through that a little bit and share their audience so that they could pick up some of those same tips uh, and skills too. Yeah, I, I would love to. I love the question and I love being able to celebrate the wins because it's so easy to focus on the things that are not going well. And one of the things that we're even trying to do at at our company is to celebrate the wins more. So I really do appreciate you asking a particular situation like that. So the win that I'm going to share happened last week with a doctor who's a newer owner, and she just had her first rounds of reviews with her team. So that was kind of a fun thing for her to do is to be able to have reviews. And one of the review questions that we have on our self-review form for our 90-day employees is what have I, and it's from the owner to the team, what have I done to hinder your performance? And that's a really vulnerable question to have because you're opening yourself up as a leader to say, 
you know, have I done anything that prevents you from doing your best work in my practice? And so she went through and asked each team member that that question. And we kept seeing a reoccurring theme of doctor needing to be a little bit calmer during escalated situations, whether patients are full of anxiety or angry about a bill or angry about anything, she tends to also match their energy. Mm -hmm. And the team came with solutions and also recognized that she has been really great about um, stepping out of the room and letting them handle things. And I thought it was really a cool win to see somebody who has this known concern as a leader and be vulnerable and say, my team is helping me stay accountable with being calmer during some of these situations. And then seeing them problem solve around it to protect her, so so to speak, as the owner, and also just create a a great solution. So as a team, they can celebrate the win of, okay, that didn't bring us down for the day because of a negative patient or a traumatic situation with a patient being angry. And so I think that's a a really great uh, win for that particular team. Do you remember what one of the suggestions was as far as keeping calm and not matching the energy of a hyped up person, a hyped up employee or a hyped up um, customer (laughs) patient was? Do you remember what that was? Yes. So what we did is we looked at, first of all, we asked the team, who has talent in the area of de-escalating? Because some of us as humans are far more emotional than others. Some of us will are very much more easily regulated by the emotions of others, and some of us are not. We're all created right. unique and different in that way. And so it was identified that there was one dental assistant who actually really is a great person for this and very good at asking the right questions and de-escalating the situation. And there was also an administrator who really enjoys customer service. And so it was the, one of the solutions for the administrators was they switched spots. So one of the other administrators admitted that she gets very hyped up as well and matches the interaction of, of, a, of a patient coming in that's upset. And so they switched roles and they sit at different places. So we have the person who loves customer service and is really good at, at situations, now the face of the practice. Mm. And then the one dental assistant, while they're in a treatment room, is the one to also handle anything that might start to go a little haywire. Yeah. And then it's also that dental assistant's job to let doctor know she can walk out and leave. Yep. Makes total sense to me. Let's talk a little bit about custom dental solutions. Who's an ideal client for you? What What type of you know, if if a, if you're a dentist listening and you're in this situation right now, type of person, like what type of situations do you want calls about? Do you, do you want to help people with? Yeah, I would say about ninety five percent of our clients are transition owners, which means they've purchased their first practice within six months and started to maybe realize they had some concerns they didn't have before or as this as the dust settles maybe they have team members that they don't know for sure are on their team or maybe bullying other team members or have you know just some culture issues but a lot of times we also have 
owners reach out before their owners. And so we can help the transition period before. So I always like to tell people our ideal client is the human element of a transition. So obviously you have brokers and bankers to do all of the black and white deals of getting your new practice. And and we kind of come alongside and, and coach and train and provide CE specific to your dental practice and how you can be successful as an owner. Yep. Makes sense. Somebody wants to get in touch with you or your member of your team, mm-hmm. go to customdentalsolutions.com. Phone number's right there. Email's right there. Contact forms are right there. Corey, thanks for coming back on the program. We're, we're glad to have you and can't wait to have you again. Thanks a lot, Patrick. I appreciate your time.